Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never been booed at a Philadelphia Eagles game. Check it out. First Lady Jill Biden goes to Philly last night. She might as well have taken the field in an Emmett Smith jersey because the Eagle fans were not having it. Get her out. Get her out of here. Football frack is coming as a New York Times poll shows it's not just male football fans turning their backs on the Bidens, independent women swinging by 32 points towards Republicans since the last poll was taken. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And we are just 22 days out from the midterms. We will discuss it all with Lara Trump, presidential daughter-in-law, and, of course, Kat Kamek, a human happy hour in her own right from the 3rd Congressional District of Florida. Your fine self also welcome at 888 788 Nine nine one zero. As we kick off the week, the rules remain in place. You can be a Republican on this show. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a. That is all. Really quick. Two announcements to start the show on Uh, the trip to Iowa this weekend. Uh, If you were at the Bridgeview Center, if you work at the Bridgeview Center, if you are associated with what went down this Saturday night in any way, shape or form, take a bow. That was a first class hang. Crowd was amazing, like really great. I did a straight hour of stand up. The crowd was awesome. Uh, did a lot of new stuff, which is always fun for a comic. You're always excited when you're working out the new hits. You know what I mean? And uh, just the staff, Jeff and the gang, fan, like really, just really world class, fantastic. Uh, you know, a lot of you were a little too banged up for my liking when we got to the Tom Tom Bar at the Hotel Atumwa after the show. Uh, but that being said, uh, it was fun, and it's very rare as a radio guy, as a touring comedian, that you get to feel better about your own substance abuse issues. But yes, when I I was hanging out at that Tom Tom bar. I was like, well, I got my life together. I don't know about you people. Now, everybody was great. It really was a first-class hang, so thank you for that. And uh, if you've been following the progress of Lincoln Fela in the Clark Rams, you will be happy to know that if you bet the Rams and you laid the two-touchdown point spread, well, a big win. Lincoln Fela, number 64, holding it down. He forced a fumble at a big day in the defensive line. And the Clark Rams came away with a 30-12 to victory to improve to 5-1 and on the season. So a big weekend in the Fela House. I wasn't around for most of it, uh, but we'll take it one way or the other. You know, the rent don't pay itself. I got to win these games. And uh, we stay. We stay on the topic of football. Why? Because last night, the first lady, uh, you know, they're doing a – it's a cancer initiative out in, you know, with the NFL this month. And they're out there in Philly before the Sunday night game against the Cowboys – and she ran onto the field. And uh, I got to be honest, uh, they weren't exactly thrilled to see her. If you're wondering, uh, they gave her a bit of the business. And, uh, you know, if you've ever been to an Eagles game, okay, this is a place that once booed Santa Claus. Like, they're known for that. You know, Eagle fans are notoriously rough. Like, if you show up with a kid in a Dallas Cowboys jersey, they'll beat up the kid. Like, they don't care. They're the harshest fans in the league. So there is some precedent for this sort of thing. Uh, but when it comes to the first lady, she claims to be from Philly. Of course, Philadelphia, a city that o- voted overwhelmingly 
for Joe Biden in the 2020 elections, especially after the voting stopped in the middle of the night. Uh, They didn't really turn out for him on Election Day. But in the five to seven days it took to count the votes in the aftermath, Philly came on strong. The guy won with like 113 percent of the vote in Philly. Wrong. Okay, but the fact remains they were very popular in Philadelphia. So when she got on the field last night and they kind of gave her a rough time, You know, a lot of people read into that as, you know, maybe some type of an indicator as to where things are going in the midterms. Now, you didn't need Jill Biden getting booed by the Philly crowd to know that they're unpopular in Pennsylvania. You know, Biden is polling nationally at about 39 percent right now. Most Democrats aren't campaigning with the guy. Come on, man. You know, they they get asked about the guy. Hey, you want to campaign with Joe Biden? They quickly change the sub, you know, change the subject. Well, you know, the midterms are about individual need. We got our own idea. You know, and basically what they're trying to say is get Biden the hell out of here. I agree with that. Okay, that's reality, because here's the new poll as we kick off the show. We're 22 days out from the midterms, 22 days. And according to The New York Times, this is a poll they've been putting out monthly. The generic ballot has swung to Republicans plus four. So across the board, not even in a state-by-state, race-by-race basis, but across the board, the Republicans carry a four-point advantage in the generic ballot, mainly because the number one issue to all voters is the economy. Forty-four percent of the voters believe the economy is the number one issue facing this country. Do you want to know what the number on abortion is, something the Democrats told us was going to usher in something called Rovember, not November? They overturned the Dobbs decision. It's going to be Rovember. Despite all of that hooting and hollering, despite chasing all of those SCOTUS justices out of restaurants, despite marching outside of their homes, 5% of voters think abortion is the top issue. Which explains everything that comes next. Okay, the GOP now winning 34 percent of the Hispanic vote. That is over a 30 point swing since the 2020 elections, a 30 point swing. When it comes to the black vote, they're now at 18 percent of the black vote. Again, overwhelming majority favoring the Democrats. But that's a 12 point swing. Why? Because Latino voters, black voters, are you ready for it? I know this is going to sound crazy. But they prioritize the same thing as white voters and everybody else. Oh, wow. So that's why Biden and the Democrats are getting crushed with the minority vote. It's because they're out there pushing things like late term abortion and climate change. Is anybody, anybody, anywhere really concerned about a late term abortion and climate change? The answer would be no. No, only the furthest left radical Yahoo. They're crazy. That's it, though. Beyond the crazies, beyond the actual crazy. Nobody cares. Okay, when inflation's at a 40 year high, when the border is so overrun that the fentanyl has become the leading cause of adult death in the country and nobody can put gas in their car. And oh, by the way, the murder rate spiked by 35 percent. Nobody's getting out of bed going, gee, if only we could abort another eight-month-old baby. Gosh, if only we could do something about the weather 50 years from now. They're getting smoked. But the big one, okay, okay, when it comes to minority voters, this is a really big swing because Democrats do not win elections without massive, overwhelming majorities when it comes to the minority vote turnout. 
Okay, they don't enjoy those majorities this time around, so you'd say on paper they're screwed. But here's another caveat to add to this analysis. There was a 32-point swing, 32-point swing amongst independent voters that happened to be female. Biden is such a disaster. I want you to think about this. Last month, when the New York Times took this poll, independent women were with Democrats by 14 points. So Democrats were up 14 with independent women. So you're like, all right, woo, let's go. It's Miller time. We got the female independent vote. Only to watch that swing by 18 points the other way, 32 in total for the month of October. So as we go into the midterms, okay, the Democrats who were once up 14 points with independent females are now down 18. With independent females, that is a 32-point swing in the independent female electorate. You know, the women, the people who actually decide these elections, that's where elections are won and lost amongst the independents. And what happened was Democratic women, okay, Republican women, independent women, have now had long enough to digest the fallout over the repeal of Roe versus Wade and they realize everything they were being told was a lie. That's true. That is true. Okay, we were told when Roe versus Wade got, you know, repealed, that was the end of abortion. You'll never get an abortion again. That was the feds banning abortion. That's it. It's over. You're screwed. If you have an ectopic pregnancy, they're going to make you die. That's what AOC said. AOC is a dope. But now people, now women, rightfully understand that overturning Roe versus Wade wasn't the end of democracy. Is the oh, it's the end of democracy? You understand? Okay, repealing Roe versus Wade simply returned the right to each and individual state to determine just how much abortion they'd be on board with. It didn't ban abortion. It didn't criminalize abortion. It didn't take your right to abortion away if you happen to live in a blue state. So something I said last spring that I'll continue to say right through the midterms, which are going to be a landslide for the Republicans is that Roe versus Wade really changed nothing because the blue states who want unlimited abortion are pretty much going to have it. And the red states that want limits on abortion are pretty much going to have it. But the reason the Democrats misread the tea leaves is they thought everybody was as crazy as they were. They thought everybody was as hell-bent on abortion as they are when the fact remains the Democrats, you never hear about this in the media, but are wildly out of touch with what the American public favors when it comes to abortion. Okay, if you break it down by sector, over 85 percent of Americans, 85 percent of Americans by sector, okay, prefer abortion to be accessible for about 15 weeks max. Okay, that's what they prefer. They do not prefer what the Democrats are selling. They do not prefer abortion on demand. Okay, the Democrats used to sell abortion uh, and they used to sell it effectively and hold an overwhelming majority in this country because they prefaced it as safe, legal, and rare. That was the argument for abortion. It's got to be safe. It's got to be legal. It's got to be rare. Somewhere along the line, the activists got involved and they were like, we kill babies whenever we want. There should be an app on the phone. The government should pay for it with their tax dollars or this is the handmaid's tale. And everybody was like, I don't know. This sounds weird. I don't know. How do we go from safe, legal, and rare to it's abortion Tuesday? You know, I'm not really on board with this. Wait, I have to pay? This seems a little silly. And that's where they lost the room. The Democratic views do not reflect the views of the rest of the country. That's why they're taking the beating they are with minority voters. That's why they're taking the beating that they are with independent women voters. They've misrepresented 
the position of the American people when it comes to the issue of abortion, when it comes to the issue of climate change. Understand, they're out celebrating a climate change bill that was passed under a different name. It was called the Inflation Reduction Act. So now we got the Inflation Reduction Act going down here. But it doesn't reduce inflation, okay? Here is uh, Senator Michael Bennett being asked on CNN why the Inflation Reduction Act isn't driving down inflation. The bill was passed. The prices spiked anyway. Clip uh, number six. It has been two months since Democrats passed the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which you called a victory for the American people. Cornflation is still at its highest level in four decades. And poll shows, as you know, that polls show, I should say, that the economy is a top issue for Colorado voters. So why isn't the Inflation Reduction Act reducing inflation? Well, because the elements of the Inflation Reduction Act aren't going to kick in for a while, Dana. Such an idiot. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. No, are you ready for it, though, just so we're all on the same page? The real reason, okay, the Inflation Reduction Act didn't in- reduce inflation right away is because it wasn't designed to reduce inflation. It was a scam. The Inflation Reduction Act, according to the Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation, according to the non-budget, uh, non, excuse me, non-partisan Congressional Budget Office, it does not reduce inflation ever. Not in the beginning, not in the middle, does not reduce inflation even at the end. What a fraud! Okay, they called it the Inflation Reduction Act. Why? Because inflation is the number one issue fa- passing, you know, facing Americans, according to the polls. They wanted credit for addressing it. But they didn't actually want to address it. The pain is the point. They want us transitioning to green energy. So they're shoving all of these green energy initiatives down our throat, even if they have to do it by a different name. That's what happened. The Inflation Reduction Act is an outlay of another $350 billion that we don't have, which means we print and spend the money, which means we're going to devalue our currency even more, which means we're going to lead to more inflation. That is financial lunacy. But that's why the Democrats are in the position that they're in. When you're talking about losing minority voters, black, Latino, when you talk about losing independent voters, specifically females. The reason they're losing all of them is not because of girl stuff. It's not because of Latino stuff. It's not because of black community stuff. It's because the Democrats are full of and they keep pushing an agenda that nobody asked for. So when you get out onto the air today with 22 days to go before the midterms, we have a lot to talk about. Okay, but the main thing everyone needs to learn really quickly If you want to run for office someday or you just want to be like a semi-likable person in society, don't treat people as black Americans. Don't treat them as minority Americans. Don't treat them as female Americans. Just treat them as Americans, okay? Because the truth is every single American is getting screwed by these democratic policies and taking this itemized approach to fixing them by minority group or gender group, especially when you can't even tell us what the gender differences are anymore because of your fake biological crusades, you know, the Democrats would be wise to just get out of bed in 2022 and start living in reality instead of their, you know, little fun fan fiction version of America where everybody's a racist and they're out to save us from transphobia and homophobia. Listen, the transphobes and the homophobes ain't going to be able to get us if they can't afford a gallon of gas to drive down the street and attack us. So maybe you focus on, you know, needs that protect everybody. And then we can get back to this itemized identity Pollock's bold crap when we're done. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. 
A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon holding it down on a Monday. Lara Trump's going to be here. Kat Kamek's going to be here. Jerome's back out on the road right now. He's in Big Spring, Texas. Yo, Jerome. GMA. My man. How, How you, you doing, brother? I'm good. I was, in, I was in Iowa this weekend. It was a pretty rowdy bunch, by the way. I tell you what, you've got a good show lined up today. Yeah. Uh, we got some crazy. Monday. Yeah, we got some talent. You know what it is on a Monday? They stack the deck in case I'm too drunk to do the show. They bring in some big names. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's really not the vote of confidence. It sounds like they're actually undermining me with this lineup. But I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Ah, <laughs> uh, you you do a good job. I don't care who's on there, brother. Now you're talking. Uh, you told Mikey you, you you used to have a 401k before this phone call. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Now, when I check, I, you know, I've been putting it off. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to look at it. I know what it's going to do. I said, well, I'm going to look. And I got PO'd right off the bat. Yo, you're not supposed and to people, be looking. Go ahead. Well, no, people start need to look in at their 401ks before they get out and vote. Well, yeah, that will that change matters. a lot of people's minds. No, I agree the there. Fans. I agree there. Because it, it is a horror movie, though. It's hard to look. Like, I, yeah. haven't, I haven't looked myself because I'm just like, well, I'm not going to sell it. I'm just going to take the beating and sit on it for a while. But yeah. uh, the actual number, the real number, there's a report out today. Biden has cost the average American $34,000 yeah. since taking yeah. office. In for The average 401k is down $34,000 is the number. That's wow. nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it's Dude. I wasn't down that much, but I'm pretty close. Well, listen. And they said they uh-huh. said twenty percent that had been down twenty percent, mm-hmm. but I, I I know it's more than that. It's got to be more than that. Wow, this but is getting ugly, man. So uh, I'm gonna probably have to work the rest of my life, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, listen, the, the way it's going, I'll be on the other end of the phone talking to you. So at least you'll have some company. <laughs> well, yeah, I, you know what, Jimmy? Me and you spend a lot of time together while I'm out here on the road. I listen to you every day. Oh, you're the All man. All the way for through, brother. You're the man, Jerome. Uh, Somebody's got to do it. Just don't tell the cops that if they pull you over, they'll think you're on something. They're like, you listen to this guy three hours a day. You must be wired. 
Uh, great call, brother. We'll do it again. Uh, we get back at it. Pete Booty Judge weighing in on the economy, and nobody was buying it. We'll play it next. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910 if you want a part of the show. The economy taking center stage. We're 22 days out from the midterms. 44% of Americans, 44% say the economy is their number one priority. Now, if you're paying attention, the economy is also uh, in a recession. Uh, According to the technical definition of a recession, two negative quarters of GDP growth would traditionally constitute a recession. We are there. We are on pace for a third consecutive quarter of negative GDP growth. It comes at a time when inflation itself did not ease uh, in the past month. It came in at 8.2 percent. This is significant. Why? Because in the sprint to the midterms, this being the number one issue, The Democrats obviously are in a bad position politically. You don't want to own this thing. So they've made a calculated decision that I'm about to walk you through. We went from inflation is not a real thing. Do you remember that a year and a half ago? They said, no, inflation, stop it. That's a Republican talking point. Come on, don't bullshit me. But they did. And then what did Biden say? He goes, well, you know, inflation, it's just transitory. It's just here for a minute. It's going to go away. Come on, don't bullshit. Then it was here for 14 consecutive months, at which point they said, well, it's Putin's price hike. You know, Putin invaded Ukraine. The inflation started. Come on. Don't bullshit me. It had gone up 14 straight months at that point. So what happened is the war raged on and the inflation didn't go anywhere. Despite us sending $40 billion to Ukraine, what did he start saying? MAGA. Well, it's the Republicans. They're the reason we got the inflation. Come on. Don't bullshit me. Nobody bought it. Okay, and as the Democrat poll numbers continued to plunge, they have now officially, yes, acknowledged that inflation is an issue. But the new talking point is, yeah, you know, inflation's bad. Don't get me wrong. But it's going to be a lot worse if Republicans take over. Come on. Don't bullshit me. That's exactly what they're doing. Here is Pete Booty, Judge. Uh, he was on Face the Nation over the weekend. And uh, he took a little bit of heat, I'm not going to lie, for trying to spin this conversation. It's clip five. 
The president said this week that the economy is both strong as hell, but also if there is a recession, it'll be very slight. What exactly is the forecast? Well, look, uh, I mean, forecasting is uh, by its nature something that is a little bit uncertain. What we know is that you, that's political spin. <laughs> well, you know, forecasting is hard. It's uh, not even. Pete <laughs> Buttigieg. Well, you know, the White House says the economy's strong as hell, but we might be going into a slight recession. Well, if a train leaves Chicago the same time a car pulls out of a driveway in Maryland. Don't change the subject. Just answer the f-ing question. He didn't answer the effing question, if you will. Okay. But here it is, and I want you to understand this. The Democrats have made a calculated decision that it's not our fault. Okay, we're actually doing a good job. Here's Pete Buttigieg saying it has nothing to do with their fiscal policy, clip four. Part of the challenge we have is the productive capacity of our country racing to keep up. So failing to invest in that wouldn't make the problem better, it would make it worse. But again, the numbers you just quoted to me would make clear that a majority of inflation is not attributable to fiscal policy. And according to the numbers that uh, were just in the package just now, the American people understand that. They understand that Mm -hmm. inflation is a global phenomenon, but we are fighting it here at home with measures to take that pressure off of families. You've got to be a moron. You've got to be a moron. Think about that. We're fighting this problem at home with efforts to take the weight off of families. What are those efforts? Okay, the Inflation Reduction Act doesn't reduce inflation. It adds spending to the deficit. Okay, they also did what? They expanded the size of the IRS by 87,000 agents. How is that going to help the little guy to get audited a few more times? It's not. The point is, when Biden got caught last week saying to OPEC, hey, I know you're going to cut production, but could you wait until after the midterms? Okay, that was a moment where they were flat out caught admitting they don't care what you pay for gas. They don't care what you're going through economically. They just want you to believe they're doing something about it until they've gotten your vote in their pocket. This is politics as usual. But that's all it is. Last week, Biden went to OPEC. The Saudis outed him. They released a letter. Okay, blew it far and wide. Hey, can you not cut production till after the midterms? Not don't cut production. You don't care. Just don't cut production in a way that's going to hurt me. I don't care about these people. You need to know this, man. That's why I do a radio show. It's the whole point of doing a radio show. Because people don't care about you. You have to care about yourself. You can't just blindly vote your party line because there are people in each party that just don't care about you. Okay, at this particular moment, the people who care the least happen to be the ones in charge of the whole country. Democrats control everything. They control the House. They control the Senate. They have the presidency. One, some Democrat is president, right? It's obviously not Biden, but there is a president. There is somebody out there sending the plays into the teleprompter, telling this guy what to do. And with all of that latitude, with all of that political wherewithal, they have managed, not the Republicans, not me, not anybody else. They have managed to take inflation from 1% at the time they took over to 8.5%. They have managed to take illegal border crossings from an 80-year low to a back-to-back record high. They have managed to make fentanyl the leading cause of American death for all adults in this country. And yes, they have managed, with woke bail reforms, to turn our city streets across the country into a shooting gallery. Everything woke turns to But they have made a calculated decision internally that what they're going to go with now is, okay, there's 22 days to go. 
we, we've tried lying. We've said there was no recession. We said the economy was good. We said inflation wasn't that bad. We said inflation was Putin's fault. We said inflation was Republicans' fault. Okay, we've never owned any of this ourselves, but you know what? Here's the move. Okay, here's Abby Phillips. She's on CNN. Okay, and her, along with a reporter from the Washington Post, uh, Talyus Runaba, she said that the Biden midterm strategy is just to say that things will get worse under Republicans. So that's what we're down to. With 22 days to go, yeah, we know it sucks, but it'll be even worse if Republicans are running things. How do you say that with a straight face? You control everything. Okay, if the Republicans want to see the country continue to tank, They should just let the Democrats run unopposed in the midterms because they've screwed up everything. But listen to this. This is them admitting out loud what the strategy is. Clip nine. That's the story is that it's not going away. It's getting worse. Um, And the Democrats can't shake it, but they still have to figure out how to run in this environment. Yeah, there was a time earlier this year, earlier in the summer, where they thought they might be able to work on gas prices and overall inflation and maybe bring it down and time for the election. Now, gas prices have come down, but the overall inflation continues to be a major problem. And so they've shifted, especially from the White House and from the president, from trying to tell voters that we're bringing, bringing inflation down, that we've done it before the election, to saying the alternative is going to be much worse. If you go to Republicans, if you allow them to come into power, they're going to get rid of all of the positive things that we've done. Get rid of the positive things. What can... Somebody name the positive things? Can anyone name the positive things? I think he's got a point. Nobody's naming it. What are the positive things the Democrats have done? Let's talk about this as Americans, not as Republicans, not as some Fox News radio audience. You know, we are, you know, just trying to have honest conversations. When you got into office as a Democrat, whether you're a senator, whether you're a congressman, whether you're a president, okay? When you got into office, the cost of goods in this country was across the board. If you look at core goods, an average of about, seriously, 40 percent cheaper, okay, on the day the Democrats got into office. The Democrats control everything. Inflation is at a 40-year high, okay? When you look at crime, when you look at the border, you look at every tangible merit of a thriving society – It has gotten exponentially worse under Democrats. So when they say, well, you know, rather than focusing on all the good things they've done, they haven't done anything good. Unless you're running a drug cartel and you're making one of the $13 billion that is being earned at our southern border right now by drug cartel members, okay, nothing is better for you in this country. They run it into the ground, but they're flat out admitting we've got to get into this position now where we can't improve the lives of the voter. We don't have that wherewithal. There's 22 days to go. However, we can say the Republicans will make it worse. You don't understand these big, bad Republicans. Oh, it's bad. You don't know. Okay, and they're trying that. Believe me. Here is Kurt Bardella, the total jackass. He's on Sirius XM with Dean Obidala. Dean Obidala's a nice guy. He, When I started doing stand-up in New York for real, he was an Italian comedian. He was doing, like, New York's funniest Italian comedians. Uh, but half of his family is of Middle Eastern descent. I don't know what the half is, but after 9-11, it became, like, strategic, strategically beneficial to be a member of, like, a, a Middle Eastern ethnic group, you know, for a minute there because you were, like, the hot comedian. You could kind of be, like, counterculture. You could run against the grain. And Dean went from, you know, one of New York's funniest Italians to New York 
York's funniest Palestinian comedians or whatever. I don't know the specifics, and I we welcome to have him on to tell his version of that story. But Dean is a guy who comes on every Sunday and says every white person's a fascist, all Republicans are Nazis, democracy is going to die, you know, if Trump's allowed to live in the free world another five minutes. And he's been issuing this rallying cry every Sunday for the better part of the last five years. So I wasn't really shocked that someone came out on his show and said this is the last stand of democracy. Uh, But you might be because the dramatic uh, reenactment here, the performative fear uh, on the left is all they have left. And that's why I thought it was worth highlighting is clip 21. Their plan is to install these election deniers into office so that no matter what the voters, the will of the voters is, they will try to install their Republican winner no matter what which will set off a constitutional crisis election, which we've never seen, which will further undermine the American people's trust in our electoral process. And that right there is pretty much the end. Uh, you know, it's, you know, we cannot allow that to happen. And the only thing standing in the way of that outcome is this midterm election. Like this, this, is, yep. this really is our last stand. I and mean, I don't think most people really look at it from that vantage point, but it's just the truth. That was embarrassing. I mean, come on. This is our last stand as Americans. Not even close. But what is he telling you? Just so you understand. Okay, he's telling you. He's, he's paving the road for the fact that the Democrats are going to get crushed in the midterms. And they're going to tell you it was stolen. After saying it was stolen in 2000, George Bush, Al Gore. After saying it was stolen in 2004, George Bush, John Kerry. Remember this. They challenged the certification of the Electoral College in 2000. And in 2004, and are you ready for it? They challenged the certification electoral process again in 2016. The last three times the Democrats have lost a national election, they said it was stolen. But then, of course, in 2020, when Trump turned around and said it was stolen, the Democrats are like, that's treason. They, she should be in jail. You can't say it's stolen. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how they did them. And that's how they're getting ready to do Republicans again. For all of this January 6th talk about treason and election deniers and undermining faith in our democracy, nobody has undermined faith over the course of the last 20 years more than the Democrats because they've challenged the outcome of legitimately three presidential elections, not to mention Stacey Abrams saying Georgia was stolen, and they continue to have her on every talk show known the man in the last three years saying the same. Okay, every day, ah, voter suppression. They wouldn't let black people vote. This is Jim Crow on steroids. We've never seen anything like it in our lives. It's crazy. It's a Gallup poll out today. Says eight in ten Americans, eight in ten Americans support voter ID. Voter ID, which according to Joe Biden was worse than Jim Crow if you support voter ID. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia and 40 other states. Worse than Jim Crow to ask for an ID. It's worse than burning down your house, worse than attacking you with a mob. Unleashing a violent pack of dogs on prospective voters, challenging them uh, to pay a poll tax, pass a literacy test, have to be indemnified under a grandfather clause. That's what they did in those Democratic-run Jim Crow states. Joe Biden wants you to believe the Republicans asking you to show an ID are worse than Jim Crow. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But it's the same mindset that has a jackass like Kurt Bardella going on Dean's show and saying this is the end of democracy. 
It's the same mindset that as, you know, these op- these reporters of the Washington Post openly admitting, we'll just blame the Republicans because it's all they know how to do. You understand? I've told this story on the show before. Every one of you, every one of you has had a friend who didn't like one of their coworkers. And they spent so much time complaining to you about their coworker that by the end of a couple of months, you realize the coworker was probably pretty cool and you couldn't stand your friend. And that's who the Democrats are. They've spent the last four years screaming and yelling about how awful these Republicans are. It's the death of democracy. We're all in big trouble. But the more you listen, the more you realize all the Democrats do is complain. They don't actually have a selling point for themselves. They just have this, you know, animosity towards the other side. But the problem is that strategy got them into power. That was the good news. Hey, you won. Calling Republicans the devil got you elected. That's the good news. The bad news is calling the Republicans the devil got you elected. And now you're in a position where you've got a lead and you have no idea what you're doing. You're absolutely right. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. And now, great moments in presidential history. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway. Inspiring moment on the stump from your 46th president, Joe Biden. Uh, yesterday, yesterday here on the Fox News channel, Dana Perino, uh, someone you hear on the show quite frequently. I make a weekly appearance on her show, America's Newsroom. I will be on it tomorrow morning with her and battling Bill Hemmer. Mr. Hemmer will be on our show on Wednesday. So a little uh, home and away series. But yesterday, Dana was hosting something called the Big Midterm Show. Last night at 10 p.m. on Fox News. Here is James Freeman admitting the obvious about Biden and the liability he is heading into the midterms. Clip 11. It's been interesting this year where Democrats generally don't want President Biden to show up. Uh, they want President Obama, but he won't show up. So they, they, uh, they've struggled with it. I, I think uh, he could potentially make a difference. But the reason... Uh, according to sources, that he has not uh, uh, picked too many races to get involved in is he thinks he's a very polarizing figure. Uh, You mentioned the polarization. Uh, President Obama is not sure that uh, in a lot of races he's not going to just encourage a Republican response as opposed to rallying his own voters. How about that? Obama doesn't want a campaign. Biden, they're just afraid of him getting the state wrong. What a wild time to be. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are back in action on a big Monday episode of Fox Across America. Lara Trump, presidential daughter-in-law, is going to be stopping by in this hour to weigh in on some harsh remarks made towards the Democratic Party by a former president of the United States of America. And no... I am not talking about Donald J. Trump. I am talking about Barack Obama, who laid waste to the Democrats. Come on, man. This is significant. I mean, if you follow presidential politics, you will know that Joe Biden 
spent eight years as Barack Obama's vice president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And uh, Obama, to be clear, wasn't directly taking the fight to Biden so much as he was saying the party as a whole, little bit of a buzzkill. Tell him like it is. 888-788-9910. If you want to get this party back under control, 888-788-9910. But we begin on a big Monday episode of the show. I'm fired up. i got a busy week this week. We're going to be all over the map. Uh, but we begin... Uh, with these Obama comments. So he was on Pod Save America over the weekend. And that's a podcast that's actually hosted and run by a bunch of former Obama White House staffers. You know, the folks who got credit for being a lot better at their jobs than they were by the media that just fangirled over the administration day in and day out. Don't be thick, all right? But they did. I mean, Obama really was the most overrated president in the world. He was. I mean, he could do no wrong. He was a hot topic president when he ran... Uh, it was a brand. The media was behind it. They're like, this guy's amazing. And then what did he do? He got into office and gave Iran, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world, access to $50 billion in cash assets. What the hell is the world coming to? I mean, an end, if that was your MO. <laughs> I've got it. We'll give all the people chanting death to America more money. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Okay, there was that. And then, of course, we got into the non-binding Paris Climate Change Agreement, which decimated our manufacturing base uh, without actually holding China, the biggest polluter in the world, India, the second biggest polluter in the world, accountable in any way, shape, or form. That was a symbolic, the Paris Climate Change Agreement was a symbolic non-binding agreement, meaning everybody got together in Paris and was like, we care about the world. But the actual document didn't need or require them to do anything. Democrats are so full of crap. But again, the media didn't respond to that by going, oh, Obama, this is a little bit of a racket. No, they were like, look, he's getting stuff done, making deals with the Iranians, making deals on the climate. This guy's something else. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. And I don't begrudge Barack Obama anything. I mean, you know, he's a nice enough guy. But when he called out the Democrats over the weekend, what he's ultimately mad at them for, just so you understand, is something that his presidency, his presidency is wholly responsible for, which is the uh, which is the advent of grievance based identity politics. Understand really quick when Barack Obama won the presidency, I didn't vote for him, but I was driving a cab at the time and I pulled my cab over on the day he was being inaugurated. And I, with a straight face, pulled it over because I was like, wow, this is really a moment where whatever I think of this guy being sworn in, America has lived up to its potential as a place where anybody could be anything. This is the moment. Once and for all, this guy just won with overwhelming support from white voters, black voters. This is the moment, as I sit here in my taxi, that America is talking about race for good. But at the time, I really thought it was like I sat there. I pulled over my taxi in front of Madison Square Garden and was like, this is a significant moment. And I want to be clear, Obama did not really run, even though they were positing him as the first black president. Okay, that really wasn't what the campaign was about. The campaign was about the economy happened to be tanking. The housing market happened to be collapsing. And yes, we got hit with a fuel crisis. And basically, the 
election, for better or for worse, became a referendum on the state of the economy under George W. Bush. All elections really do come down to the economy. If the economy is good, the incumbent party tends to do well. But if the economy is bad, the incumbent party presiding over it tends to get shellacked. Oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah, when it comes to the midterms, he's in big trouble. But the point is, Barack Obama won the presidency, and from that day forward, from that day forward, the Democrats made every single issue in this country about his race. You know, Obama proposed the most radical expansion of our government in history. And when the Tea Party Republicans said, no, we're not on board with all this spending, we're not on board with this radical expansion of government, the Democrats and the media turned around and said, what's so different about this president that you guys don't want to sign on with his ideas? I mean, what could it be? And in truth, people didn't oppose Obama because of his race. They opposed Obama because the guy had a lot of really bad ideas. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. A lot of bad ideas. Okay, they weren't opposed to him because of the color of his skin. America is so far past race in the year 2022 as they were in the year 2008. Again, the guy won with overwhelming white support. I'm not saying there aren't a few thousand racists out there somewhere. But the vast, vast, vast majority of our society is so wholly integrated that people now know everything about each other. Racism is a byproduct of ignorance. People hate things. People fear things that they don't understand. But in the year 2022, and you could argue in the year 2008 when he got elected, we were so wildly integrated. Whether we're talking about the workplace, whether we're talking about socially, whether we're talking about pro sports and entertainment. You know, whatever you want to talk to me about, by the year 2008, we were all living amongst each other, a fully integrated society, and that's what ultimately killed racism. Yes, the government struck every single racist and discriminatory law from the books 50 years ago, over 50 years ago, in 1970, okay, but it was the full integration of society that actually dissipated the amount of race in this country in terms of bias, way past race. But people uh, who didn't like Obama's policies got slandered as racist anyway because it was a politically viable strategy. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. And with the advent of you're a vote for me or you're a racist became the advent of other bastions of identity politics. Vote for me or you're a homophobe. Vote for me or you're a transphobe. Vote for me or you're a misogynist. Vote me or you hate little kids. Okay, and that became the Democrats. It ushered in the party of grievance, the Obama presidency directly responsible for the party of grievance. Now, what Obama is speaking out on uh, on this podcast I'm about to play you clips from is that he's upset that the Democrats are policing every little last word. He's upset that the Democrats want to cancel people. He's upset that the Democrats, you know, want to take any soundbite out of context and use it to be the ruination of someone's career. But he's only upset because it's now become a liability for his party. I admire your honesty. There was a time where Obama was fine with this because every Democrat was fine with this. A good example of that is Bill Maher. You know, once a week now, you'll see a Bill Maher clip on Fox News where somebody's, you know, look at Bill Maher's taking the Republican side. And he is, you know, where it's expedient. But it doesn't change the fact that Bill Maher was on board uh, with all of these things that he's now railing against. Bill Maher said Trump was a Russian every day for three years. Now we want you to believe Democrats sound crazy. Here's a news flash. They always have. You know, Bill Maher is pushing back on a lot of this gender crap. 
a lot of this vaccine denialism when it came to the information they gave us not being true. You know, he's finally pushing back because he realizes it's a bad look for his brand. Okay, if it was a good look for his brand, I don't know that he'd care. Barack Obama, I got to be honest, I don't think he minds that the Democrats are associated with cancel culture if it's winning them elections. But we're now at a point where everyone's so sick of grievance. Everyone's so sick of incentivized victimhood. Hey, I'm upset. You owe me something. Hey, I am upset. My side needs to win the election now. You hurt my feelings. Shut up. Nobody cares. Nobody ever cared. But being a victim became a form of currency under the era of identity politics, an era ushered in by Barack Obama. So these clips of him lashing out, understand, are still a byproduct of his own success. Here it is, clip 12. Whenever I got a little too professorial and, <laughs> you know, started when I was behind a podium as opposed to when I was in a crowd, there were times where I'd get, you know, uh, you know sound like I was given a bunch of policy gobbledygook. And that's not how people think about these issues. They, they think about them in terms of, you know, the things that I, I care most deeply about, my family, my kids, you know, not, not being a buzzkill, right? Uh, <laughs> that's you know, a, that's so, a lesson for the Democratic yeah, Party. Yeah, and, and sometimes Democrats are, right? It's, it's like, you know, sometimes people just want to not feel as if uh, they are walking on eggshells. What in God's name is he doing? And that is, uh, you understand, Obama's a very smooth character. And he is. I, I do not begrudge him that. He's very smooth. He knows what he's saying right there. Democrats can be buzz killed. That is a very polished way of saying, you people with your outrage are a bunch of losers. Nobody likes you. Stop it, is what he's really saying. And let me give you a little more, because here he is talking about, you know, being obsessed with Trump and going after MAGA voters. You know, to his credit, he recognizes what a dead end this is. You see, the Democrats are in a place where their emotions are their facts. I tell you this all the time. When you're operating from a place of emotion, it denies you the self-awareness that would otherwise say, hey, I sound crazy right now. But do you understand the Democrats are so emotionally invested in hating this Trump fellow? that they can't hear how ridiculous they sound to the rest of the world. Like, understand, what happened on January 6th at the Capitol is really bad. And I was on the air the day it happened, and I was like, this is stupid. It's got to stop. Tell the president to call it off. You know, everybody needs to go home. Okay, it really was bad. It's not what the Democrats want you to believe it is, which was a, you know, a coup or an attempt to overthrow the government. It wasn't that. That's not what was going on. But it was bad nonetheless. But the fact remains, you can acknowledge it was bad as I have, but still realize, have the wherewithal to know that nobody cares. Nobody cares about January. I mean nobody. When inflation's at a 40-year high and crime is out of control and the border's wide open, okay, and the murder rate has, has actually spiked to a 35-year high, nobody cares what a bunch of chunky middle-aged white people did at the Capitol, even if one of them happened to be storming the chamber in a Chewbacca bikini. <laughs> Nobody cares. And Obama, to his credit, he knows that as a politically savvy guy. You got to run on something besides Orange Man bad if Orange Man isn't on the ballot. Here it is, clip 13. The thing that I think sometimes we uh, seem to make mistake on is um, his behavior can be so outrageous. And now um, folks who try to copy him uh, and his outrageous behaviors get a lot of attention. And so... We join that game 
and we spend enormous amounts of time and energy and resources pointing out the latest crazy thing he said or uh you know the how rude or mean you know some of these republican candidates behaved that's probably not something that that in the minds of most voters overrides their basic interests can i pay the rent what are gas prices how am i dealing with childcare etc and listen he's telling you the truth there man he really is come on man no he's telling you the truth most Americans don't care. If you can't pay for goods, you don't feel safe buying them, you don't have gas to put in the car, and now they're straight up telling you there's, you know, your little kindergarten kid has the right to transi- transition his or her gender without telling the parents. Like the Democrats got to a place where their ideas are so radically out of touch with what Americans want that their only way to umbrella any type of justification to voting for them is to put it under the anti-Trump umbrella. Okay, they can't make a case. Their case is not, you know, we'll do a good job. Their case is, oh, the other guy's so much worse. But that's like the number one rule of comedy. Okay, I could tell you this. When you're doing stand-up comedy on the road, they tell you to never ask the audience to hate something unless they like you first. What that means is if you walk out in front of a crowd that doesn't know you and you go, hey, F this guy. They go, oh, what's this guy's problem? That's a little weird. What do you mean F this guy? What, what's your deal? And that's what the Democrats are doing. You know, in comedy, you come out, you make fun of yourself, you make fun of the gig, you make fun of the world, and then you can start training your fire on other subjects because you've bought yourself some currency with the audience. The problem the Democrats have is they haven't established with the audience any reason whatsoever for the audience to like them. They're just out there asking you to hate somebody on their behalf. But the problem with making everything you do about the, for, the former president is that nobody likes the current one. Correct the mundo. Donald Trump's presidency is over. But for millions of Americans who devoted their entire lives to bashing him, the battle is just getting started. My car won't start. Friggin' Trump. The ex-president hotline helps you find a way to move on with your life. The ex-president hotline. He's destroying this country and he deserves to be in jail. He's not in office anymore, ma'am. Take a deep breath. Don't mansplain to me. Hating a president is a good way to avoid your own problems. Unfortunately, presidents go away, but your problems don't. Where's the tow truck? Probably stuck in traffic because of Trump. The ex-president hotline. Giving millions of Americans an outlet they can vote for. Thank you for holding. I understand you're calling because you're still upset about Barack Obama. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Really quick, we got Larry Trump coming up. I want you to hear this Biden clip. He was in L.A. over the weekend. He was asked about the price of gas. Wasn't at McDonald's. Wasn't at Burger King. Uh, it was, I believe he was eating ice cream. It was some type of fast food stop off. Uh, but the point is, uh, this is an out and out lie. Listen to this. Have you seen gas prices around here in L.A.? It's seven bucks a gallon almost. Well, that's always been the case here. No, it's not. Nationwide, it came down about $1.35. And uh, we're still down over a dollar. But we're going to work on housing as the most important thing we have to do. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Well, 
Gas is seven bucks a gallon here in L.A. Well, that's always been the case out here. Do you know what gas was when Ob- when Biden took office in L.A.? Do you want to know what it was? It was three dollars and fifteen cents a gallon. Biden sucks. Three dollars and fifteen cents a gallon. It's now seven bucks a gallon. Biden sucks. Okay, that means it is more than doubled in L.A. Ergo, it has not always been seven bucks a gallon out here. And the whole it went down a dollar thirty five. It's now back up twenty of those thirty five cents. But again, he's not giving you a straight answer. Biden sucks. William will give you a straight answer. He's in South Bend, Indiana. Yo, William. William. I lost uh, you there. Hey, buddy, how you living? Hey, I'm doing living the dream, right? All right, we'll take it, man. Well, you know what? But then again, nightmares are dreams also. So. <laughs> well, I don't know that this administ- yeah, this administration's probably you know form- closer to the latter is what you're saying. Absolutely. Hey, I appreciate you taking the call. I see you quite often in the morning on Fox and uh, talk to Brian quite a bit. Um, first time I've ever talked to you. Really enjoy your your show, but enough of blowing smoke to you. So anyhow, <laughs> okay, go ahead. So. And what I talked to about several times is nobody's going to pay for any of the things that they've taken that that they've done. These Democrats continue to get away with everything. They yep. continue to do whatever they want when they want with no recourse. I mean, there's nothing that they have to be afraid. Of. They're thumbing their nose at the Republicans. You know, the Republicans have always wanted to be the polite ones, take the high road. Well, the high road did that end. I yes. Mean, no, you got it. You he you figured it out, man. I'm telling you, you've got to get mad. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Really rolling the dice with this next guest, booking her on a Monday. There's an 80% chance she's still soused from Sunday. Uh, Joining (laughs) us now to clear her good name, Lara Trump. Hey, girl. Well, not only that, but I had a very big birthday last week on Wednesday. So Monday is a big gamble here to say that I could really handle this. I'm not sure. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. No promises. Listen, listen, Larry Trump, the bar's not very high on this show intellectually. And that had nothing to do with you. Uh, That's everything to do with the host. So we, we figured it'd be okay. But happy birthday. How rowdy did it get? Well, thank you. Well, my husband shocked the heck out of me. I thought I was going to dinner with like 10 people, mm-hmm. and it turns out uh, he had a small surprise party for me with about 200 people, what? which is really shocking whenever it happens and in yes. the moment, Yes, uh, but absolutely amazing. So, wow. Thanks but, to Eric. But Eric Trump pulled off like a quality surprise party. Yeah. You weren't even in on it, huh? I had no idea, and everybody kept asking me, are you sure you didn't know? Because they were kind of shocked that my husband could yeah. really pull this off. He did it. I, I mean, just real shout out to him. Yeah. Eric Trump getting it done. That's that's impressive stuff, man, uh, especially at this level of playing ball, you know, because you have a lot of friends that are all over, you know, social media and the television like things slip out around here it's true. all the it's time. True. That's that is very impressive. Eric Trump. Um, and I, I will have, you know, uh, you know, because I was not living it up at the Lara Trump ball last week. I was, and I don't mean to compete. I was in, <laughs> I was in Ottumwa, Iowa, telling jokes over the weekend. Uh, that is a strong competition. <laughs> I don't mean this. I don't mean to steal your thunder, but there's a town two hours outside of Des Moines. And uh, we were hanging out, having a good time, but we laughed. We were drinking in your honor, Lara Trump. I'll have you well, know. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll take that all day long. And now the problem is my husband, 
is slightly behind me in age. So now he's raised the bar so incredibly high that I had to start planning the night of my birthday party for his 40th birthday. So it's coming down the pipe pretty soon. Yes. I got to get it together. So any ideas, please send them my We're way. We're going to work it out by the end of the hit. Let's talk through. This is what we'll do. We'll talk through some news of the day. And maybe as we do this, maybe something like a little jog a good idea. Because I, partying yeah. is of mine. So let me give you this really quick. There was an Obama clip over the weekend where he kind of said the Democrats are a little bit of a buzzkill. And he was kind of referring to, like, you know, the cancel crowd and the outrage crowd and everything like that. But I almost feel like this is a weird one, Lara. But hear me out. I feel like Obama is getting mad at a thing that actually is very much a thing because of his presidency, meaning his presidency was the beginning of identity politics. It was the beginning of vote for us or you're a racist, agree with our policies or you're a racist. Do you think Obama is just tired of the Democrats doing under Biden what they did under him? Well, it's kind of amazing. You're exactly right, by the way. That's when I first heard this clip of him talking about, you know, they're kind of buzz killed, maybe – you know, people don't love that all the, the things you just mentioned, the cancel culture, the woke nonsense. Well, they started because of him and under his quote unquote leadership. To me, this is a situation. It's almost like they know they're in a corner. They know they're desperate and they know that they screwed up royally because people really do have a hard time right now. They're having a hard time getting getting by and just getting the basics done, paying day to day and week to week, getting their rent paid, their utilities, et cetera, gas, groceries, all of it. And it's thanks to the Democrats who are in charge of America right now. But this is almost like whenever you have like a group of friends and one of them kind of starts trashing another one behind their back. Mm -hmm. And then everyone's like, actually, we like her better than you. And then they figure out like they messed up. Then they have to come back and like clean up their mess. It feels like a cleanup situation going on because they're kind of desperate to get anyone to vote for them and buy into anything that they've done. Because quite frankly, it's all been bad, whether it's the woke nonsense, whether it's the real implications of a horrible economy, inflation, um, you know, the gas situation, an open border, all of it that we've gotten under Democrats, they got a real problem. And so I don't know that I really buy it from Obama because, like you said, he's the one that sort of got us in this mess in the first place with the wokeness. Yeah, he's trying to distance himself from his own monster. Lara Trump is on the line, celebrity party planner, Fox News contributor. (laughs) Um, We're not there yet. I mean, you know what I was thinking I'm always thinking when it comes to a surprise party, Lara, I'm always thinking about how you get the person there because that is the key. And the key to pulling off the surprise is them them having no idea what they're walking into the room for. That really is the key. So that's what I'm thinking. I mean, hmm. I'm going to I'm going to keep going. Let's keep going. I'm not at my idea yet, but something is forming in my head. I'm on your side. Okay, we got 21 days until the mid. Yeah, well, we got 21 days until the midterms. I believe 22 is the accurate number. Um, this, this January 6th thing, are they all oh. in on January 6th? Like, is that, I, I mean, I, I ask you this cause I don't think anybody cares, but them, I don't think anybody was watching last week, but now they're trying to drag your father-in-law in. But I think that could backfire. I think he wants to go. Does he want to go? He said he wants to go. And, and by the way, this is like, you know, th- this whole thing, you're right. Nobody cares. It is such nonsense and it's the the greatest attempt at a distraction that is not working for them uh-huh. that i have ever seen don't forget whenever the the january 6th you know the big show on tv came on initially it was a prime time like they thought the ratings were going to be gangbusters and mm. through the roof turns out that they were so bad that now it's on like in the middle of the day it's a time where they they're like well maybe a couple people will tune in no one is tuning in because nobody cares and yes 
whenever you're a person who has had a lot of crazy things suggested about you, maybe you want to get up there and clear your own name, which I assume is probably why my father-in-law said, I would love to get in front of this group of people and let them have a piece of my mind. So I think we'd all like to see that. I mean, if nothing else, that would be a great ratings day for them. And more than about 12 people would probably tune in. I assume. Yo, it's so funny, Lara, that, that the January 6th hearings got Don Lemon. They took them out of primetime and demoted them to the day. That's true. I never <laughs> exactly. even, I never even thought of it that way. They got Don Lemon on the January 6th. Yeah, really That's a bad Bless sign. So they spent a lot of money yeah. on that, and you know they had a, they were all excited. You know, I was telling people this. You know, since we're talking in analogies, when you're doing stand up on the road, they say like the number one rule of comedy is like you're never supposed to ask the audience to hate somebody unless they like you first. Meaning, if you walk on stage and just say like "f these people," you're not going to get nearly the buy in that you would if the audience had already laughed at a few jokes and was like, "I like this guy." You know what I'm saying? And okay. I think what the Democrats are doing wrong, if you're looking at this like a comedy show is they keep asking the audience to hate somebody, but the audience doesn't like them. You know, there's just no likability factor on the left. And I think that's the fatal flaw. So as I'm narrowing down these uh, programming options for Eric's birthday, I would say don't invite a lot of Democrats. Even though I do a bipartisan show, I don't know that you can have a lot of Democrats on this, on this guest list, Lara. Well, so upset. many of them would like to come, I'm sure. They're <laughs> lining up now, and they're they're – begging i'm sure to be part of this party uh so you're, you're i'll get, let you know how that pans out yeah you put out chips they're gonna say it's cultural appropriation they're gonna be like um i'm sorry this isn't good <laughs> you gotta play all the same yeah it's not fun i'm, I'm telling you lara if nothing else yeah we are the fun no. side like have would you not say that the republicans have seized the mantle of fun gosh it's so true and and you know what if you just look solely at like movies and speaking of comedy of comedy You know, they suck the life out of everything. They suck the joy out of everything on the Democrat side and take everything funny and make it inappropriate or you can't go there. Nothing is funny. Nothing is entertaining. I scroll through and watch trailers for movies for about three and a half hours sometimes because I'm like, is anything worth my time now? And and usually the answer is no. I usually just I'm turning off the TV. Because nothing's good anymore. They've just ruined it all. They just ruined all the fun. That's They're the fun yeah. police. The Democrats are, really are. They've turned the country into the town in Footloose where nobody's allowed to dance. Exactly. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> um, I laughed last night. Joe Biden went to an Eagles game and got booed by the fans. Now, the Eagles boo everybody. Like, they once booed Santa, which was hilarious. But booing Joe <laughs> Biden is specific. That's not just Eagles fans being Eagles fans because she's supposed to be from there. The city's obviously not doing terribly well under Democratic leadership. On some level, do you kind of find that stuff funny? Well, she's supposed to be a doctor, too, so there should be a, a, apparently an added layer of respect. So that, that has been disregarded as well. I mean, I never, Jimmy Fallon, like to laugh at anyone else's misfortune because uh-huh. I know there are a lot of folks out there that take great joy in seeing anything negative happen to anyone with the last name Trump. Mm-hmm. However, it's a bit of an I told you so situation where, you know, you're the one that let your husband run for president and allowed him to do it out of a basement and enabled the situation that led us to where we are today. So I don't know that I feel terribly Mm -hmm. about the fact that people are kind of upset with Jill Biden for allowing Joe to get us in this country to where we are today. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of you should have known better, quite frankly. (laughs) I'm, I'm laughing, though, because there is a part of me that thinks, you know, when the Eagles fans boo Jill Biden, like Joe Biden thinks it was Don Henley in the band. He's going to call them up and be like, how dare you? 
<laughs> How dare I, you? I am an Eagles fan on that front as yeah. well. And yeah. I have seen them in concert, and they're excellent. They are. By the fair. way, they are good. I saw them at the Garden last year yeah. with Jenny Fallon, like, and they hadn't played in like two years, so they were really sharp. Very good. good Highly enough. recommended. There you go. Well, that Lara Trump, so maybe we bring Eric to an Eagles concert. Maybe that's the workaround here. I could get Henley okay. on the phone, and maybe we throw like a happy birthday to Eric, and, and, and away we go. Just keep it casual. I love it. That's yeah, because yeah, exactly. we don't want to. You don't. You don't want a dressy black tie birthday party, do you? What are we? What are we working no. with here, really quick? No, 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 no. After my after my party this past week, I'm going to just suggest no shoes at all because Whoa. to be, you know, women, we got it really tough. You know, you put on heels thinking you're going to dinner like I did. Yeah. Some sky-high heels, and then I'm walking around for five hours in these things, and my feet were not great. So I'm going to say no shoes. The black tie is definitely out. Or if you're going to wear shoes, don't wear the heels that uh, Lara Trump buys from the dollhouse in Tampa. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Maybe go to a shoe store and not the Cheetah Club, Lara Trump. Uh, Stay far away. I've seen seen some of these these fashion accessories. Uh, I'm not going to speak to the specifics of these venues I'm citing, but a lot of the men in the audience know what I'm referencing here. Yeah, I think they know. A lot of the the, uh, staff there gets paid in singles if you're picking up what I'm putting down (laughs) on the floor of the champagne room. Exactly. Uh, Lara, I I will continue to work on this party planning. I'm sure I'm going to see you on a TV set one of these days, and I will just spontaneously volunteer this information uh, mid-conversation, as I always do. You're yeah, I need all the help I can get at this point, so well, I appreciate that. Well, happy birthday to you, and, and congratulations. You. This was a very, as you and me interviews go on a Monday, this is very presentable. Yeah. Okay, we have had some exactly. doozies on Monday where we go through two dump buttons before the end of the hit. <laughs> I, I am happy to say we didn't even hit a single dump button, Lara. I'm proud of us. Take a bow. There we go. Awesome. We, we maintained ourselves appropriately. I think we could say that. Proud moment. You're the best, girlfriend. I'll see you soon. All right. Thanks a lot. There she goes. The great Lara Trump. You know where you love her. She's telling you the truth, by the way. The Democrats have really just taken the fun out of everything. I think that was the crux of the whole Obama comment, is that nobody wants to be mad all the time. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Like social media in the beginning, in the advent stages of social media, where it really felt like we were firing a new person every day because they made some, you know, throwaway comment about something. And we were like, oh, hell no. I'm going to get some likes. I'm a fire. I'm a fire. This person in my Twitter feed, and everybody liked it. And we we're like, "This is great. We're all popular because we're ruining people for no reason." And within like two weeks, everybody was like, "Wait a minute, this could end really bad for me too." And people started to, you know, strategically distance themselves from the cancel mob. The cancel mob was powerful for a few years because they were politically viable. But what's happening now is people are so sick of being miserable that the cancel thing isn't a thing. It's not actually a thing. That's what Obama was pushing back on as he realizes nobody likes those people. You're never going to be at a party and say to yourself, I can't wait till the people who get offended by everything show up. You want to know why? Because those people don't get invited to parties. Bingo. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's like it's a it's a game changer. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, back from Ottumwa, Iowa. We had a wild time. I'm actually in New York this weekend filming a Christmas special for Fox Nation. It's going to be a wild one, but we're back on the road next week, and we will be in Spokane, Washington. See me at the Spokane Comedy Club Friday night, October the 28th, Saturday night, the 29th. 
following weekend in Vegas at the Red Rock Resort out in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's going to be a wild one. That's Saturday night, November the 5th. And we're heading down to Texas, East Texas. We'll be at the Patriot Awards. Then we're heading to the Oklahoma City area. We'll be at the Bricktown Comedy Club December the 9th and December the 10th. So if you want to come hang out with your radio and buddy, uh, your radio buddy in person, uh, those are the impending dates. I will post them on the Fox Across America Facebook page as well. Everyone is invited except Janet Yellen. Let me play this Janet Yellen clip. I meant to play it earlier in the day. They're doing this thing within the Democratic Party where they're trying to tell us the economy is working. They're like, no, you don't understand. It's it's going great right now. You've never seen anything like it. That's Janet Yellen. Here it is, clip eight. We're taking strong action both in the United States and globally to contend with these headwinds. In the United States, our economy remains resilient, bolstered by President Biden's economic plan. I mean, come on, Janet. You must have got manure for your brains. She said with a straight face, the economy remains strong, bolstered by President Biden's actions. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? Yo, the economy is getting smoked right now. And the strong actions they keep referring to are an Inflation Reduction Act that doesn't reduce inflation. But I just want you to understand this, man. These people, if you're a Democrat, you're listening right now. You're like, hey, I'm a Democrat. I hate Trump. Orange man, bad. All of that, MAGA, all that stuff. Say you run on that. Fine. I'm not asking you to stop hating Trump. You can hate me. It's cool. Okay? But you really need to think about this because they're brazenly, brazenly lying to everybody right now. And they're making it, uh, you know, abundantly clear that they don't care. What I mean by that is... They know the economy's bad, okay? The GDP has shrunk in consecutive quarters. Interest rates are now up to a pre-1982 level. Inflation now up to a pre-1982 level. Americans are getting crushed. The average American lost $34,000 in their 401k savings under Joe Biden, okay? That's the average American getting annihilated right now, just annihilated. But they're out there telling you with a straight face it's going good. Why? Because they need you to show up and vote not because they care how it's doing for you. And I only know that because what did Biden get caught saying to OPEC? Hey, man, could you guys wait till after the midterms to cut production? Not don't cut production. No, we get it. You're going to cut production. Just wait until after the midterms. Why are they doing that? Because, again, your prosperity is not nearly as important as their prosperity. So the whole point of my show is to remind people of that. Okay, because if the Republicans take back the House, right, and they just do politician stuff, meaning nothing, okay, I'm going to be yelling about it. I'm going to be screaming about it. I'm going to be making fun of them. I'm going to be giving them a hard time. And I just want everybody in the audience to understand this is a talk show. It is not an activist show. My job is not to get Republicans elected. My job is to have honest conversations and hope we can get this country to a place where whoever we elect, they serve our interests as much as they serve their own. Okay, right now they serve their own interests. We need to do climate change. So we'll tell the American people we're reducing inflation, but we'll actually drive it up by spending a bunch of money on climate change. That is not doing your bidding as a Democrat. It's not doing my bidding as a Republican. So we got to get back to this other place because what they're doing right now is like so brazen. Janet Yellen, no, it's working. The economy's going good. It's going good based on, you know, 
President Biden's strong actions is what she says. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Ashamed of yourself. But she's not ashamed because we are living in the death of shame. People are willing to get on a TV and say, no, it's going good. Like, if you listen to the Democrats, the Titanic was a successful cruise, interrupted by an iceberg caused by climate change. But were it not for the Republicans, everybody had a good time on the Titanic. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are fired up in this hour. So we're going to be talking with Kat Kamek. Superstar congresswoman from the 3rd Congressional District of Florida. Someone who never wanted to defund the police. That is significant. Why? Because Cori Bush is back in the news. Remember Cori Bush, woman who wanted to defund the police. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life. And I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up. And defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. What would you do with a brain if you had one? If you remember, Cori Bush said defund the police has got to happen because we're trying to save lives. No, 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 you're doing it all wrong. Okay, just understand. It's one of the stupidest things. The three dumbest words ever spoken in the history of American politics was defund the police. Stupidest three words ever spoken. I've been saying this for years now. Okay, but the Democrats like Cori Bush were running in a George Floyd era with a narrative that cops were a bigger threat to the community than the criminals they swore to protect us against. Yet people like Cori Bush, who at the time of the clip I just played you, was caught spending over $200,000 on personal security. New report out today shows that Cori Bush, defund the police Cori Bush, okay, who reiterated her position on defunding the police, because that's an old clip. That's a two-year-old clip. Here is Cori Bush. Uh, three weeks ago on Good Morning America, sticking by her stance. It's clip 22. You're one of the few Democrats now who still says, let's defund the police. Are you worried at all that that could hurt some of your colleagues going into the midterm elections? See, the, the thing about defund the police is we have to tell the entire narrative. People here defund the police, but you know what they'll say? Say reallocate, say divest, say move. Uh, but it's still the same thing. We can't get caught up on the words. We, people spend more time focusing on the word defund than they spend on caring and addressing the problem of police violence. Shut up! Will you shut up? Okay, the murder rate right now, nationally, is at a 35-year high. It has spiked on a 35-year level. Any of those murders, any of them, any of them committed by the police? The answer would be no. No. But this is where she wants you to focus. Ah, oh, we got to focus on police violence. Listen, I don't doubt, believe me. There's a couple of bad cops out there, here and there, but the vast, 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 vast majority of cops are good people, brave men and women to throw on the uniform and get out there and protect lives every day, risk their own life to do so. The fact that she's still running this play all of these years later, despite all of the destruction and havoc that the defund movement caused on our city streets is disgusting, but it's made... Infinitely more disgusting by the fact that there's a new report out today. Are you ready for it? That shows Cori Bush, the one who wants to defund the police, okay, has spent over $490,000 
on her private security detail. $490,000. In other words, suck it up. Defund the police has got to happen as long as I get to hold on to my police protection. That's who she is. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Okay, it's people in office that are pushing for policies they themselves won't be affected by that are the biggest scourge facing this country right now. Nothing else, nothing more, nothing less. There's no different than in COVID when Democrats were pushing lockdowns that they didn't have to adhere to. Gavin Newsom shuts down all the restaurants. You can't go out to eat, but he goes to the French Laundry. Nancy Pelosi shuts down all the hair salons. You can't go get your hair done, but she's doing what? Getting a blowout. She's getting a blowout in what should be a closed-to-the-public actual uh, salon. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. How many, literally hundreds of videos did we cover here on Fox where Democrats said, we're all in this together, we got to stay home. And then you'd find out the video was taped at the airport where they were traveling. You know, we've seen the hypocrisy. It knows no bounds. But it's disgusting because when you start to create a two-tiered system of justice, a two-tiered system of access in this country, it's inevitable that it'll wind up filtering into consequential things just like the inconsequential. Okay, understand, when it comes to the police – There is nothing more consequential than having law and order in our society. If we don't have it, we're living in the purge. So when you see somebody like Cori Bush getting out there and saying, yeah, we got to defund the police. You know, everybody was focusing on what it meant. It didn't mean, you know, get rid of the police. It just meant take all their money away, you know, so we wouldn't have any. (laughs) Like, wait, what? It's the same thing. It's not about, you know, how you parse the words. You know, the scourge of police violence is not one one millionth of the violence. It's not one one trillionth of the violence facing communities in this country right now. Yet this is the battle she wants to fight. Why? Because it's a battle that doesn't actually affect her. When you look at Cori Bush's district in St. Louis, they've got one, one of the worst murder rates in the country. And what is she talking about? The cops. The cops who aren't responsible for any of those murders. But this is the big problem as we head to the midterms. We have Democrats pushing for a lot of policies that they themselves don't actually stand behind. Cori Bush doesn't stand behind defunding the police because if she does, she's not spending a half a million dollars on a security detail. Okay, if she stands by defunding the police, she's cutting her police budget just like she's cutting yours. And she's out there living in the real world with no police protection. That's what she'd be doing. Okay, but in this instance, she can't stand by that policy. She just wants you to stand by that policy. And I'm just telling you that's so reckless and disgusting because she's out here saying, hey, defund the police. They're bad. They're a threat. You could die just because of the color of your skin. Now, to be clear, every one of these controversial videos we've watched and lit cities on fire over, not one of them, not one of them can prove or quantify that a person was killed because of the color of their skin. Like George Floyd, if you watch the video, he... To be honest with you, the cop, Derek Chauvin, shouldn't have knelt on his neck for eight and a half minutes. No way. But there's nothing about that that says it happened because of the color of his skin. All we know is George Floyd was a guy jacked up on fentanyl, violently resisted arrest. The cops got more violent with him than they should have. But that doesn't mean that the cops don't get violent when a white person resists arrest or a Hispanic person resists arrest or an Asian person resists arrest. Okay, this idea that cops only see race when it comes to their actions. 
defies any and all logic, especially when you consider that more than half the cops in this country are not of the white race. But we keep reducing everything to black and white issues because it's politically viable. But you know who it's not viable for? The quality of life in the communities you purport to care about. He knows what he's talking about. Since some jackass like Cori Bush and other Democrats started yelling about defunding the police, the murder rate in the black community is up 35%. So have we helped the black community? Not even close! Not even a little. But that's where we are. As As we coming down the pike here in the midterms, Okay, the Democrats don't want to have an idea battle. They want to have a this guy's a racist battle. This guy's an extremist battle. But let me ask you who the extremist is. I'm going to play you a couple of clips. Okay. Katie Hobbs is on CNN over the weekend. She will not debate Carrie Lake. Won't do it. Carrie Lake's an election denier. She's an extremist. I'm not going to give her a platform. That's what Katie Hobbs said. Okay, she was pushed a few times on why she won't debate Carrie Lake. Let's start here. It's clip 18. She just came and sat down with me and and answered my questions for for a lot of minutes. Um, Yeah, a lot of Democrats are questioning your decision and they're saying, you know, it's the wrong decision. President Biden's former 2020 co-chair said, I would debate and I would want the people of Arizona to know what my platform is. If you thinks she's as dangerous as you're saying to democracy. Is it your responsibility as a candidate who wants to run Arizona to show and explain who their alternative is? That is exactly what I'm doing right now. And there is a lot more ability to have a conversation with you without her interruptions and shouting uh, to do that. Girl, please stop talking right now. That's embarrassing. So she's not I'm not going to do a debate. Because it's easier to come on CNN and just talk to you without her interrupting me. And what is she really saying? I don't want to have my ideas challenged, so I'm coming on CNN. CNN is the worst. I mean, that's reality. Good for Dana Bash for pushing back a little bit. But if Carrie, Ho- you know, if Hobbs, Carrie Lake is the extremist. Wouldn't it be really easy for Katie Hobbs to get out there and just contrast her ideas and show the world just how extreme they are? But here's the reality, and I made this point last week. The extremism is on the left. Here are five attempts in total. Okay, I'm going to play you two sound bites. It's five in total. The first attempt is three attempts for Dana Bash to get Katie Hobbs to outline a specific limit on abortion, meaning where do you draw the line on abortion access? Katie Hobbs, who wants you to believe her opponent is the extremist, won't answer the question. Here it is, clip 15. Do you support any legal limits on abortion in Arizona? Look, the fact is right now that we are under an extreme 15-week ban that limits health care options for women who need them. Uh, There's the potential uh, for a complete ban. Right now that ban is in the courts, but under uh, my opponent's administration, she would support a full ban. She's called this a great law. She doesn't support any exceptions what do for you rape support? or incest. Uh, look, when you're talking about late-term abortion, that is incredibly, extremely rare. And it's happening if there is, if that conversation is happening, it's because there's something that's gone incredibly wrong in the pregnancy. And doc, politicians do not belong in that decision. But what there do you support? No what should the limits be? The, the decision about abortion should be between a patient and their doctor. Don't change the subject. Just answer the question. So 
Three times she's asked, what do you support? What should the limits be? Did she outline any limits? The answer would be no. Here's two more attempts to get clarification, clip 16. So there should be no limits in the law? It should only be decided in the medical office? Government making these kind of mandates interferes with the care that doctors need to provide to their patients. They don't belong in these decisions. Okay. So just to be clear, if you uh, become governor, you will push for a law that has absolutely no limits in any point of the pregnancy on abortion. That's your position. That's what you would want to be the law of the land in Arizona. The fact is right now that we have very limited options and that we need to get politicians out of the way and let doctors provide the care that they are trained to provide, the health care that their patients need. Politicians don't belong in those decisions. Garbage like you just makes me sick. So to understand, five, five separate attempts to get her to draw a line on what she'd limit abortion to. She wouldn't give you an answer. Well, it's the doctor. Politicians shouldn't be involved. It's between him and the woman. And what is she saying by not answering the question that she essentially supports? Believe me, no limits on abortion. If you support any limit on abortion, you speak out. You say, but you can't do that. But they don't do that because they don't want to alienate what has turned abortion into a branding exercise. They don't consider the baby. As far as they're concerned, the baby gets no consideration. It's about a woman and her doctor. Okay? Woman has a baby in her stomach that could live beyond the mom. Who cares? You got four more months to, to abort this thing, you know? That's the way they look at it. They do not look at the baby as a consideration regardless, regardless of the physical capacity of the baby. A baby can live outside the mom at 24 weeks. These people support abortion all the way up to the last week of the pregnancy. So you're talking 24, 25 weeks past the viability point. The Democrats are okay with killing that baby. That's not an abortion. That's a murder. That's infanticide. But again, she wants you to believe she can't debate Carrie Lake. Because Carrie Lake's an extremist. You know, that's extreme to not want to kill a baby when it can live outside the mom. Who are these people? Come on. But that's the reality of right now is the Democrats don't want to have the idea battle, whether it's Stacey Abrams saying we got to defund the police or excuse me, Cory Bush saying we got to defund the police, but running around with a half a million dollar police detail or Katie Hobbs, you know, refusing to draw a line on abortion and saying the other side's the extremist. Okay, these people are willing to do and say anything to get office. They don't care about the consequences. Yelling defund the police, getting a lot of people killed. Cori Bush doesn't care because she's got a security detail. Okay, saying you can abort a baby up until the day it's born, getting a lot of babies killed. Okay, Katie Hobbs doesn't care. Okay, as long as she's safe, as long as she's got a shot in Arizona. But here's a newsflash. She's losing that shot in a hurry. Because the Democrats keep yelling and screaming about, you know, all this extremism, all these bad people, all this stuff that's got to go. But, you know, when it comes to politics, and you've heard this adage since the beginning of time about the Democrats, it's never, you know, do as I, you know, do, it's do as I say. You know, but in this instance, they don't even want to get out in public and debate their opponents because this stuff is disgusting. Like, it's bad. You know, and as we get into the stretch run now, we're about 22 days out from the midterms. Okay, the Democrats may not, they may not give Republicans a say on the debate stage. But either way you like it, the voters are going to have a say. And I don't think the Democrats are going to like what any of them have to say. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. 
You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Big Monday episode of the show. Kat Kamek coming up in the next break. She's a superstar congresswoman from the great state of Florida. She's going to help me muscle through my afternoon filled with Dayquil. Jenny Fallon's got me drinking Dayquil. I came back from a tumble with some wacky sinuses. And uh, I've been slamming Dayquil. I'm getting ready to get on the Fox Business Network after the show today. I'll be on with the great Dagan McDowell who is hosting Fox Business tonight, and she cannot wait to have me on the show. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm -hmm. I don't know. I maintain that she's excited. I wanted to give you one more clip uh, because this is something uh, Dagan and I will be talking about in a little while. Uh, We were talking very much about the midterms. Uh, That's been the focus of conversation today as we're now 22 days out. What the Democrats are trying to go with now, because there is no Trump on the ballot, is they're trying to go with, oh, you don't understand. These guys are worse than Trump. I'm telling you right now. Listen to Donnie Deutsch at MSNBC. This is clip 24. The scary thing that I want to say about Donald Trump is our problem. I wish our problem was just Donald Trump now. And you now have better packaged Donald Trumps. You have Ron DeSantis. We can go through the list. You have the governor that's running that's that's running in Arizona. You have Carrie the go- go- governor that, that's running in Pennsylvania. These Mastriano. are people who are even more dangerous because they present themselves in better packaging, in better clothes. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I love the end of the soundbite. These people are more dangerous than Trump because they're better packaged in better clothes. What do you mean? Like Trump's wearing $10,000 suits. What are they wearing? You know, probably something similar, more or less, who the hell knows. But the point is, has nothing to do with clothes, has nothing to do with Trump. But this is all they have. This is all they have. Okay, so Trump's not on the ballot. You're right, but these guys are worse than Trump. Save yourselves. We've never seen anything like it in our lives. Democrats are so full of crap. And everybody's catching on, man. This is embarrassing. Hey, could you, like, help the economy? I don't know, the border. You know, we still got a baby formula crisis. Nobody can afford gas. Can we do any of that? Of course not. Let's just keep yelling Trump. Bunch of jackasses. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, 22 days out from the midterms. The Democratic strategy, blame Republicans. Here it is, clip nine. That's the story, is that it's not going away. It's getting worse. Um, And the Democrats can't shake it, but they still have to figure out how to run in this environment. Yeah, there was a time earlier this year, earlier in the summer, where they thought they might be able to work on gas prices and overall inflation and maybe bring it down and 
time for the election. Now, gas prices have come down, but the overall inflation continues to be a major problem. And so they've shifted, especially from the White House and from the president, from trying to tell voters that we're bringing, bringing inflation down, that we've done it before the election, to saying the alternative is going to be much worse. If you go to Republicans, if you allow them to come into power, they're going to get rid of all of the positive things that we've done. <laughs> so that is the strategy. Said out loud, yes, everything sucks. But if you replace us, it'll suck worse. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. So that's the promise from the Democrats. If you vote for us, inflation will be at a 40-year high. And we'll just keep it right there where you like it. Gas will be $1.30 more a gallon than when we, t- you, we took office. We'll keep it right where you like it. I mean, they're not even offering to improve. They're just saying, take my word for it, the other guy will be worse. This is an old adage and like it's an old street joke. It's joke's been it's this is at least a two million year old joke. When a guy walks into a room with like a black eye, he's missing a tooth. He's got a bloody nose and he's like, you should see the other guy. That's what the Democrats are now telling us. Yes, you can't afford goods. You can't afford gas to go to the store, but you might get mugged in the parking lot on your way into the store. But just trust us. If you think it's bad now. You should see the other guy. That's what we've moved on to. And the number one rule, I told you this in comedy, when you're on the road, you're doing stand-up, you never ask the audience to hate something unless they like you first. You don't open with, hey, F this guy, unless they like you. you got to buy a little currency. The Democrats, again, out here relentlessly asking you to hate somebody else at a time when nobody likes them. It's a fool's errand, if ever there was one. But joining us now on the show, something everybody likes. You know, everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loves Kat Kamek, superstar representative from the 3rd <laughs> Congressional District of Florida. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Whoa. Nice to have you back on the show. I was in, I was in Iowa all weekend, and I am not running for anything. I'd never passed the background check, but I was there. <laughs> hey. And did the, did the corn state treat you well? They did good, man. I mean, by by corn standards, we didn't eat any corn, but there was a lot of bourbon, which is certainly made from corn. So I participated. Yeah, I supported the local economy, if that's what you want to know. That's exactly what I want to know. And and did, did the bail money that I send... <laughs> Listen, Kat Kamek, I will have you know, it was actually above board. I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, but no, it, it was, you know, the best thing that ever happened to me was, Kat, like me going on the road everywhere I go now, people always come up to me at airports like, hey, we watch you on Fox. We love to see you. And that is like so helpful to a guy like me who is a mess because the reminder that people recognize you means you got to behave a lot better, you know? Listen, you and I, we're going to have to go do the new boot scooting, you know, like Reno 911 style, where we go get brand new white boots. Oh, I would do that. You can't be recognized in public, Jimmy, and not have brand new fancy white boots. No, you're speaking my language. Well, I will have you know that I did have the white boots in Iowa, and they were a smash hit. And I'm only saying that because everyone who's listening in Texas, right, just shot their radio. My Texas audience, they hate the white boots. The rest of the country loves the white boots, Kat Kamek. I love them. Listen, Florida loves them. They're, they got that little extra, you know, like yeah. meow. Yes, thank you. That extra <laughs> meow. I'm going with that. I just got endorsed on LinkedIn for extra meow. I don't even know what it means. Just go with it. Just go with it. We're going with it. Um, <laughs> let it work with me here. Okay, we're 22 days out from the midterms. Um, okay. the, the new attack line, and this is a calculated, admitted thing. I just played the clip. Is the Democrats are now admitting that things are bad, but they're going to be worse if we elect Republicans. Is that really what we're down to? Yes. Yes. No, this is. I'm so glad you brought this up, Jimmy, because I, 
like me, I know you are a glutton for punishment. <laughs> and as such, I have signed up for the fundraising emails for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Adam Schiff <laughs> and Nancy funny. Pelosi. It's terrible. It's awful. The things they say are absolute lies, but hysterical at the same time because they're just so desperate. So this morning I wake up and I have a fundraising email from Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And he says in there, friend, we need you more than ever. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy, Republicans, they have come out with a thin uh, package that is called their commitment to America. And this plan that they have is not about getting America on track. It's about dividing America. Oh, so in 22 days, you need to elect Democrats. Because we're all about hope and unity and not dividing people. And then goes on for the rest of the email to basically divide and sow fear and and division while slamming Republicans Uh and independents. And followed up by an email from Kamala Harris and her fundraising team talking about how independents – Um, If they haven't made up their mind, they're not paying attention. And here's all the things that are so bad and they're happening right now. Like, do they think we're stupid? Do they they think we don't realize that this is, you know, Democrats in charge of the House and the Senate and the White House and all things, and it's their fault? (laughs) It is amazing to me. It's just they're so tone deaf and so uh, blissfully unaware of of (laughs) – how they present bless their hearts as we would say now oh no the dreaded bless their hearts that's is <laughs> politics is pro wrestling that's like getting hit with a steel chair i know what that means in the south that's that's Absolutely. bless your heart is a legal way to say f you on the air to southerners i know it is some someone told me that once yes it is jimmy I I liken this new era of conservatives that speak out. We say exactly what's on our mind. There's no filter. We don't take any crap. I liken this to the WW attitude era, yeah. right? Like where there was big hair and saucy outfits and you could drive out and, you know, shotgun two beers on top of a, a semi truck, you know, all kinds of crazy things. Cat Kamek is on the line heretofore to be referenced as the stone cold Cat Kamek. <laughs> Listen, it's better than, you know, Nature Boy, or I could have come out with some Macho Man Randy Savage and do some cream of the crop. Oh, but- hold on a second. <laughs> If we're going to get into if we're going to get into the macho man, this is a clip I've probably played a thousand times on my show. Every time like Kareem Jean-Pierre or Jen Psaki or Biden speak, just ready, ready for it. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. There you go, Cat Kamek. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, you will make my month if you and Mike and the whole crew over there at Fox, if you guys pull the clip of. Macho man Randy Savage mm-hmm. doing the cream of the crop interview <laughs> right, with we'll the little tiny creamers for your coffee. Oh, we'll have to track it down. I mean, cause we have a lot of good cold. macho man on here. We've actually got a fair amount of, if we were going to be honest, we got a fair amount of Ric Flair. Put up Woo! or shut up. There you go, Ric Flair. <laughs> See, now we're just singing the hits over here, Cat Kamek. Um, I listen, the one thing I keep coming back to 
uh, you know, with, you know, three weeks to go to the midterms is it has just devolved into a branding exercise. Nothing's obviously going to change in terms of policy, although the economy seems to be getting worse. So I get the old, you know, blame the Republican and, you know, the old they think we're stupid. But when Biden spoke over the weekend, this is just what I want your take on. He was eating ice cream. They had him talking about how the economy was strong as hell and, you know, gas has always been expensive in California. Gas was three fifteen a gallon when he took office in L.A. It was three fifteen in L.A. Yo, it is seven bucks now. Do you know most gas stations in L.A., Kat? They don't have prices. They just show you what type of romantic act you have to commit behind the gas station to afford a gallon of gas. Like, hey, that was my corner. <laughs> Good for you. Did they? uh, And I I don't like the idea that we're turning tricks to pay for gas. I just want to be turning them for the love of the game. But here I am on a mission and it's no fun. And and it's. Yeah. Well, and the thing that nobody ever talks about is how folks that are on fixed incomes are hit the hardest by. Yes, that's what I wanted to ask you. So do they not care because they keep saying all of these like after the election things like last week with OPEC, he was like, hey, could you help a brother out? Don't cut production till after the election, which is not him saying don't cut production. It's him saying, I know you're going to cut it, but just do me a favor and you can screw these people over the next day. Aren't they kind of brazenly admitting they just don't care? Yeah, I mean, they've never cared. The entire leftist agenda is nothing more than dependency and control. You know, they want to grow big government and create all these fancy programs that we have to pay for so that people become more dependent on big government. Therefore, they get to stay in control because no one's ever going to vote against their own pocketbook. That's just silly. And it's just it's wild to me that people don't see this. You know, Kamala comes out and says, quote, if you believe in the promise of America, if you believe in freedom, equality, justice, then vote for Democrats. She said that. I'm surprised she was able to get it out, considering the word salad mess that always seems <laughs> to you know, get her all tongue tied. But she comes out and says that what what she really meant was if you want to be dependent on government, vote for a Democrat. That's yep. all that really means. Because if you are on a fixed income, you are basically unable to provide the essentials. You can't pay rent. You can't afford it. You can't afford the gas. You can't afford the groceries. And prescription drugs are going through the roof. And the regulatory environment is strangling every aspect of our lives. It is virtually impossible to be on a fixed income or be middle class. Forget forget about, you know, folks that grew up you know, very financially challenged like myself, you mm-hmm. know, daughter of a single mom, grew up very, you know, working class, mm-hmm. middle class folks who make decent livings are having a hard time. And that right there should be your first clue that two years of Democrat control is not good for anybody at all. And if you want to depend on government for everything, including them telling you how you're going to live your life and, you know, the medical decisions you're going to take, you know, i.e. jab or no job, mm-hmm. you know, these are the things that they want. Mm-hmm. But if you want freedom, then you're going to vote for a conservative. And I think regardless of whether you're a Democrat or an independent or a Republican, you see through the nonsense. And I think collectively Americans are going to give a big old bless your heart oh! to Joe Biden oh! and Nancy Pelosi. Oh, there it is again. They're going to open a can, says Kat Kamek. In the midterms, I, I could see it. Actually, I could see it happening. Like, because I'm looking at the polling and everything you else. It. You see it. No, of course, because the, econ- the economy is the whole thing. And everybody kind of got away from that over the summer. You see, like, the voters never yeah. wavered on the economy.
But the media did. The media was like, oh, it's going to be Rovember and they're all going to vote based on abortion. But it's just not the case. It's not there because in the crazy blue states, they're still going to have abortion. And in the red states, they're going to have hopefully limited abortion. But the economy is going to be the driving force behind all of it. And you get it. I get it. So maybe this is maybe this is going to be the bless your heart moment then. Um, Last question. okay? because we played a Corey Bush clip earlier. Uh, she has spent $490,000 on private security details and is still advocating to defund the police. Isn't this kind of proof that they're pushing policies they themselves aren't going to be affected by? <laughs> well, I mean, you remember this this famous clip of her when she said, um, I don't care if it costs me yeah. uh, $100,000 or a $1 million, I'm going to get my security because I need it, mm-hmm. and we're going to defund police no matter what. I mean, you, you remember that clip. Yes, of course. They say the quiet part out loud. Forget mm-hmm. the actions. They've gone so far as to say the quiet part out loud. They deserve security. They deserve to be able to pick up the phone at any given time and have armed guards Mm-hmm. at their beck and call, but for us little peons out here in everyday America, mm-hmm. after they have finished taking away our guns, they want to defund the police that are part of our community and the fabric of our society because we are not worthy. Ugh. That is the mentality of the radical left. So true. That is what better. is so dangerous about them. Yeah, luckily for us, Joe Biden thought the police were a British rock band, so he didn't defund them. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, oh, you're not going to get me to sing the police. No, no. I draw the line at my Ric Flair nature boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Biden stepped in for you. He's like, no, I like Roxanne. That's a good song. You're not going to you're not going to cut their budget. Sting's I, a good guy. I was this close to doing it. I was this close to going all in. Oh, okay. And then I realized, you know what? I am in the middle of nowhere right now in north central Florida. And it doesn't exactly look good if I'm singing carpool karaoke rolling up to my my next meeting cat kamik you are you are still the favorite to win america's got issues uh despite your refusal to sing i've seen some of your other performances and i still have you in the one spot so don't worry about nothing girlfriend listen new boot scooting you and me it's gonna happen we'll be in touch thanks for the time i'll see you soon you're the best there she goes the great cat kamik telling it like it is man When it comes to the midterms, this is going to be the biggest bless your heart in the history of electoral politics. People are not happy, man. And the reason they're not happy is none of their needs. I mean, none of them. I've said this to you before, man. Every guy who's been in a relationship with a woman that he lived with has had that one track moment in your brain where she comes home from work today and guess what we're doing. And then she comes home from work. And it's very obvious that she's not in the mindset you're in. You know, how you doing, honey? Ah, the worst. I broke a heel on the way in. My stomach's killing me. My boss is a jerk. I'm running late for this call I got to get on. And the guy's like, well, I know what you need. (laughs) And the girl's like, what the hell is wrong with you? And that's the Democrats, okay? The Democrats, all they're focused on, climate change, late-term abortion, Voters show up. Democrats are like, how was your day, girl? Like, ah, oh, it's the worst. Inflation's out of control. Crime's really bad. I can't afford gas. And the Democrats are like, I know what you need. A little climate change, a little late-term abortion. And the voters are like, what the hell is wrong with you? I'm telling you, look at the polls. Democrats right now, upside down with every metric out there. And it's nobody's fault. Nobody's fault. Not a single solitary person's fault. 
but theirs. You are correct, sir. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. I am the cream. Yeah, let me say it to yeah. you. Let me say it out loud. The cream of the crop. I am the cream. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America. We're taking this party to TV after this. I will be on Fox Business tonight, tonight with Dagan McDowell. Uh, You can see me tomorrow morning on America's Newsroom with Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino. Wednesday, the Faulkner Focus with Harris Faulkner. I'll be on Kennedy Wednesday night on the Fox Business Network. There's other stuff going on. I can't keep track of it all. Uh, The one thing I'm trying to keep track of is we are now under, uh, tomorrow anyway, will be exactly three days Excuse me, three weeks, exactly three weeks from the midterms. Oh, I'm in trouble. It's I can tell you this now. If you guys want a prediction on the way out the door today. OK, the Democrats obviously are projecting to lose the House by a wild margin. They're going to lose the Senate as well because the economy is just everything. And the only the only push we're getting in the stretch run here. From the Democrats is not that they're doing a good job. They know they can't say that with a straight face. So now they're out there just trying to tell you Republicans will be worse. And that's what we're down to now. No, you don't understand. I know we're bad, but I'm telling you these guys are worse. The only problem with that is the Republicans just had power for four years. Okay, we didn't have eight point inflation. We didn't have, a, excuse me, a 40 year high in inflation. Okay, or an eight point increase. Nor did we have the gas prices that we do now. So if I'm a Democrat and I'm listening to Jimmy Fallon's show, I'm going to bed getting a good night of sleep and trying again tomorrow because today's strategy was total bullshit. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.